Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Daniel Hagen. Praise God. Let's keep standing and just give Jesus a little bit more praise this morning. We love you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. The band did a great job. I don't know if we've already uh, thanked the band, but thank you so much. Beautiful worship this morning again. You can grab your seats. So uh, we are on, what day in the fast? Or is it day 10? Day 10 of the fast. Who's in, engaging in the 21-day fast? Just show of hands. Awesome. It's not too late to jump on in. Uh, for the last 11 days, I want to call my wife up. Chelsea, really quickly, day 10, our prayer point is growing in love. So day 10, we're all going to be praying into growing in love as we fast. And so uh, let's all pray together. And Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would be made more in the image of you, Lord, with agape love. Lord, take us beyond just loving and what feels good, Lord. But I pray that we would truly lay our lives down for one another God, that people may know that you are real, God, by the way that we love, the way that we agape, the way that we have sacrificial love for one another, Lord. Help us excel in that in everything that we do this year, God. Help us not um, to to be relaxed in this, God, but help us abound, Jesus, in love, Lord, in you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. Bless your mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to jump straight into the Word because we have a, a big morning. Welcome to everyone here at the nine, 9 o'clock service. A big morning. It's an ordination service, a very important service to heaven and to us as a family as well. So I wanted to get into some theology around ordination, around leadership And then I'm going to invite uh, Alex and Jess to come up, and we're also going to invite the elders to come up at some point uh, this morning as well. So who's got their Bibles open and ready? Yep, a few people. Awesome. Give us a wave. What Bible? What? Just raise your Bibles in the air. If you have it on your phone, feel free to wave it on your phone. I've got it on the iPad. Awesome. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, maybe you can go and sit next to someone that does, because I want to make sure that you... Uh, not just believing what I say, but making sure that it is indeed in the Scriptures. We're teaching from the Scriptures because ultimately it's not what I say that is final authority, but it's what the Bible says, particularly around this important subject of leadership and ordination. You with me this morning on that? Amen. All right. So uh, this morning, as I mentioned, it's an ordination service. Uh, We are going to be appointing, and I have made this announcement already earlier, a few weeks ago, But today's the day where that supernatural grace is going to be released onto Alex and Jess Barcenas. So let's give them a round of applause. The technical title is uh, Executive Pastor, and so they're going to be overseeing church operations, strategic planning, administration, finances, and human resources to achieve our mission as a church and our vision. They'll also be uh, leading and overseeing church staff, uh, including preachers, elders, deacons, and other various departments. Uh, They're going to be coaching and developing church staff, uh, volunteers, department leaders, and team leaders. And uh, in other words, they're going to be a leader of leaders, which is really important 
and really exciting for our church. So uh, I'm excited about putting things in right order. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, I, I had a picture or analogy of a gear change. And so 2018 was a phenomenal year. We all know that the, this church has got a, an amazing grace for soul winning. Every week we're seeing souls saved, which is amazing. There's an evangelistic grace that's always been on the house right from day dot. And uh, we're going to continue to steward that. But what is also important is that we see uh, discipleship and growth in discipleship. And uh, we want the church to grow in health and momentum. Who's with me on that? Health and momentum is really important for the church that we grow as a family, as a community. And uh, so the way I, I see it is like a, a gear change, a literal structural change. So we've been revving pretty high in 2018, and that's okay. You want to you rev ma maximum revs before you change gears and move to the next level to keep that car uh, in, in right momentum, continuing to uh, get faster and faster and, uh, and continue on our, on our course to run this race as we're all called to run this race as individuals, but also as a church. And so that structural change is a little bit like uh, a leadership change. That's what it's going to look like today. I think about uh, Acts chapter 2, and, and us Pentecostals, we, we've probably memorized Acts chapter 2, uh, the famous outpouring, uh, the suddenly of the, the wind of the Spirit, where 120 people were gathered in the upper room, and many of us understand and remember what took place as we uh, study that out as we read that, and uh, we all know that the Holy Spirit uh, is continuing to be poured out today. It wasn't just a one-off uh, thing that took place in the early church or the beginning of the early church, but it's something that continues to happen today. God's still pouring out His Spirit. Amen? Yeah. Feel free to throw a few amens at me, and you can get a little bit excited about the outpouring of the Spirit if you like today. Amen? I love the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We, we often see signs and wonders follow as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Bro, uh, you had can skin cancer on your arm, was that right? Tony, your father, because I didn't even know that Tim Hall was going to be here. He's a mentor of mine, and it, he saw it was on my right arm, and it was only the first stages, but funnily, on the Monday, when I was due to go to the doctor, it wasn't there, and that's my arm now, so... Yeah, that's, that's progressed. I can't even see anything at all there now. So first stages of skin cancer, booked into doctor's appointments, here for a miracle meeting when Tim Hall was preaching. Because signs and wonders follow those that believe, and it's the evidence of, of uh, the manifestation of the Spirit, or it is the manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, healing and, and miracles. So one of the reasons we should get excited, amen, it's not just theology, it's not just the Bible study, this is real. This stuff's real. God is real. He loves us. Amen? So feel free to get excited when we talk about the Word because it's not just history. This is still happening today. Amen? So I think about the outpouring of the Spirit, the 3,000 people saved in a day, those phenomenal things. But if you look back a, ch a chapter or go back a chapter in Acts chapter 1, uh, there are a couple of key things that took place before God poured out His Spirit. Uh, we know that they were gathered in one heart, one mind. They were unified. We know more than likely they were the hungry ones because Jesus actually appeared to 500. And really, there could have been 500 in that upper room waiting for the promise, but we know there were 120. And some scholars say they were probably the, the hungry ones that were really gathered and the core 
of the early church. They were gathered, one accord, one heart, waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. We know they were praying and uh, they were gathered together as one. But one thing that's also really important is that there was a setting in order in terms of leadership. And so at that point, there were only 11 apostles because Judas betrayed Jesus. And so there needed to be a replacement of Judas. And so we see the ordination and the appointment of Matthias before God poured out his spirit. So there was a structural gear change that was needed before uh, God could pour out his spirit and, and allow that early church to continue in supernatural momentum. And so today I believe in a lot of ways that our church is going to go to the next level after this appointment today. So I'm really excited about setting things in order, about this structural change, a very important structural change, uh, so that God can continue to pour out his spirit and that we can grow in momentum, in health, and to see discipleship be a real key this year. Amen? A year of regrouping and a year of health. So I'm really excited about that. I want to take us quickly to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. We're going to read a little bit of scripture this morning. That's why I really would love you to have your Bibles open. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9, I'm going to read down. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Everyone say grace given. All of us are called, but the Bible says uh, many are called, but few are chosen. And uh, I, I believe that this is really important for us to understand. We can all have giftings and we can operate in a gift, but there's something about a supernatural grace that is very important that is released on people that are faithful and that are chosen. Uh, and we see that here in verse 9, it says, Each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. What is that grace? What is it for? We can read, uh, the de- we can find the definition of that in the following verses. Verse, sorry, that was verse 7. Was that verse 7? Verse 8, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. This is talking about Jesus, okay? So one of the first things that he did after he died on the cross, we know that he rose again on the third day. I believe that uh, during those three days, he first descended, and it says that here in this chapter, he descended into the lower parts of the earth. I believe he went into uh, Hades, took back the keys, of sin and death, and he led captivity captive. Those uh, that were in the bosom of Abraham, the Bible describes those in faith in the bosom of Abraham, actually in the center of the earth, a literal spiritual place next to Hades. And he led the people of faith out of the bosom of Hades and into the third heaven. The Bible says now in the New Testament, because of the blood, uh, they that are absent from the body are now present with the Lord. That's really exciting. When we die, we're going to be present with the Lord. But in the Old Testament, there had to be a waiting place because Jesus hadn't yet shed his blood. And that was the bosom of Abraham. So we see Jesus went into the center of the earth, uh, into Hades, took back the keys, led captivity captive. And one of the first things that he did was give gifts unto men. And we're going to read that right now. Let's take it up from verse 9. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended in the lower parts of the earth? 
He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11, this is one of the first things that he did. The church is so important to him. Leadership and and right order is so important to God for the maturity of the church. The first thing that he did was give gifts unto men. We read that in verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So not all of us are called uh, to these fivefold offices, but some are. Uh, some will be graced for such offices. What's their role? Their role is to equip the saints, which is us, the church. Amen? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It goes on to say, basically, so that the church would become mature. We wouldn't be tossed and fro with every wind of doctrine, but we'd be uh, mature saints and uh, saints that are edified, that are built up and equipped to do the work of the ministry. So... The role of the pastor is not to do all the pastoring. The role of the pastor is to equip all of us to be pastoral and that we would all live a life of lifestyle discipleship. We'd all be involved in the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. And so we're going to see that with Jess and Alex. Their role is to lead leaders and is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Gone are the days where we just come in on a Sunday, we sit in the pews, and we go home and we call that church. That's not church. It's, it's an aspect of the church. Yes, we come in on a Sunday, we listen, uh, we're involved in, in, in this meeting that goes for an hour and a half, but really, that's just one a, a small percentage of what church looks like. We are the church. Amen? So the role of the pastor is to equip all of us for the work of the ministry. All right, so we've identified that there's a, a call on Jess and Alex, and the call is uh, to be a pastor. Uh, also, they're, they're really more than a pastor. They're like a bishop, and a bishop is like an overseer of a church. So it's not just a pastoral role, but a bishop. And so I'm going to look at that shortly as well. I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. You guys okay? So we're going to get into, as I said, theology, scripture, and then we're going to hear, we're going to do a Q&A and hear from the heart of Alex and Jess. So it's important to hear the heart of what we're doing, but it's also important that you understand scripturally what we're doing as well. Amen? Both are important. So the Apostle Paul was teaching Timothy and Titus. They're great books if you want to understand about leadership. Have a look at Timothy and Titus, and Paul taught Timothy and Titus to ordain elders, to set things in right order. And he also talked about the qualifications of overseers or bishops and deacons we see here as well. And so if you read 1 Timothy chapter 3, right through uh, to verse 13 at least, it'll give you some sort of idea of uh, the qualifications for bishops and for deacons. And I'm going to read some of that right now. Verse 1. 
This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So it's not wrong to desire the office of a bishop or or to help be a leader in God's house. It's actually a good thing. It's a good desire. And if you're called to that, you will have that desire. There'll be a stirring in your heart. There'll be a, a timing for that and there'll be a growing process for that. There should be a discipleship process for that but it's a good thing, amen? And that's why God's house is so important that you grow up in his house, be discipled, and uh, and if you are called to the office of a bishop, the Bible says here it's a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, and able to teach. So if you'd like to be a bishop one day, here's some of the requirements. And you'll see it's not so much talking about who's the most charismatic, the best preacher on stage, who's got the best testimony, who can, who's got the most signs and wonders uh, operating in their life, uh, who's got the biggest social media following. None of that stuff's mentioned here. What is mentioned is character and who they are, not only from behind the pulpit, but also in their personal lives as well. Really, really important. Amen? Bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given a wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. So we see here God is pointing to the home. If, if you can't have your home in order uh, and things aren't done right in your personal life, then uh, there's no way you're going to be able to lead God's house as well. And so he relates uh, the, the ability to be able to lead your home in a correct way uh, to being able to lead the house. These are requirements or qualifications, if you like, for a bishop or an overseer. So you see that character is really important to God. And that's why as leaders, and I, 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 have, I walk in the fear of the Lord, and so I don't just want to appoint anybody. I may see a call on somebody's life. I may see a gift I may see that they are, in the future, they're called to be a prophet or an apostle or a pastor, but it's not something that you just do willy-nilly. In fact, the Bible says not to lay hands suddenly on anybody. In other words, don't ordain anybody suddenly or in a quick manner. Just because you want to build your church quick, it's got to be done in the right way. You need to recognize the call on their life, the gift, yes, but there also needs to be a discipleship process And you need to watch for a period of time to to ensure that these uh, biblical qualifications are met for correct leadership. Amen? Let's go to verse 6. Not a novice, uh, lest being puffed up and with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony, testimony among those outside who are outside lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. What does that mean? Well, uh, they need to have a good reputation in their personal lives, for example, not only in this house, but outside. So they pay their bills on time. Uh, they've got a good, good testimony in, in their school and in previous workplaces or wherever. And, and I, I'm really excited about Alex and Jess because they come with uh, great reputations in terms of recommendation from their previous churches, uh, the Bible college that they went to, also their workplace, uh, and different areas of their life. So 
we're in good hands, and uh, you guys can feel really safe, which I'm sure you guys have been here already close to two years, so many of you already know Jess and Alex, which is fantastic. And they've been found faithful, if you like, as deacons first over the last two years, and now God is now putting them into that category of bishop or overseer in this house, which is really exciting. So in your own time, I'd love you to read through that, particularly if you feel there's a call on your life for leadership in church. God needs people to take their rightful place. And, uh, and I think about that outpouring and what took place before the outpouring in Acts chapter 2. People took their rightful place first. God's calling you to take your rightful place first. But he's, he's, it's, it's a big deal. Character's a big deal. He's not just going to put you in place just because of your gift. Character is really important to God. Why don't you say to the person next to you, character is really important to God. And now I'm going to finish with this. More Bible. You ready? Acts chapter 13, verse 1. So we see, first of all, they need to be called by God. And we, we looked at the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4. Then we looked, about, looked at the requirements for ordination in terms of characters. There needs to be a call. Then there needs to be a, they need to meet the character checklist, if you like. Now let's have a look at how ordination should be done. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, everyone say Barnabas, and underline that one. Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, interesting that they were fasting during this time, like we are right now, day 10. So as the elders ministered, they were fasting, ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, everyone say the Holy Spirit said, that's really important. You can underline that part, and particularly around ordination. The Holy Spirit said, now, so we see there's a timing, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So Barnabas and Saul, who we know as Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, right here, this is the moment where the Holy Spirit speaks to the presbytery or to the elders and says, now is the timing to release them into the next level of their call, which is the apostolic. And you read that in Acts 14, 14. The Bible lists Barnabas and Paul as apostles. But here, they are listed as prophets and teachers. You see that in verse 1. They're listed in the company of prophets and teachers. And he says, now separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for he has another work for them, and they were released into the apostolic. And you'll read that the elders laid hands on them, prayed for them, the apostolic grace came upon them at that moment, and they were released into the next level of their call. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We believe that God has spoken. We believe there's a call on their life, that they are called to the fivefold ministry. We've seen over the last couple of years that they've been found faithful as deacons, They've met those requirements of a bishop according to 1 Timothy chapter 3 that we've read through there. And now we look at Acts chapter 13 in how it's done and ordination is done uh, by the elders coming together, agreeing that it is indeed God 
It's the Holy Spirit appointing them. It's not us. We're just their vessels. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. We bring them forward. We lay hands on them. And there's a supernatural grace that's going to come upon them to help serve you guys, to help serve this house, to see this house go to the next level. We're going to do that now. And then I'm going to invite them to come forward. And we're going to hear from their heart about what 2019 is going to look like. Does that sound all right? Let's give Jesus some praise. Let's ask Alex and Jess to come forward. Uh, the elders, if you can come forward as well. Maxine and Jan, our uh, oversight, our campus oversights, so if you can come forward as well. And uh, yeah, let's do it down here. Can everyone see down here okay? I think Pop may be upstairs. If, we can, if someone can quickly grab uh, Frank. I think he's ministering in the kids' church possibly. All right. Glory to God. So let's lay hands on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Let's all stretch our hands forward. If we can all stand, actually, that would be really good. This is a very important time for our church right now. It's a very important time for Alex and Jess. It's very. I woke up with an excitement in my spirit this morning that heaven is very excited about this appointment. This is uh, this is heaven's timing, and uh, and there's a grace. It's ordained elders that ordain elders. It's not a self-appointed thing. It's not a, uh, a, willy, you know, a willy-nilly thing or a loose uh, church gathering. This is a biblical church gathering where ordained elders ordain elders. And that's because you guys are faithful. And, uh, and we're praying right now that that grace will come upon you both. Fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the measure of grace given to them for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord God, for the office of bishop that they're about to step into right now. A husband and wife team, even like Priscilla and Aquila, and uh, certainly growing in, uh, is, is a real, I believe, a real apostolic grace on your life that you're growing into, and this is just the first stages of that as you step into bishops of a, of a church, of a local church. I thank you, Lord, for what's on their life. They're going to help take this church to the next level. This is the gear change, the structural change for health to be able to disciple and to be able to keep up with the evangelistic grace that's on the house. So we thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just just want to... I just, um, just as I was seeking God this morning, just for a word for you guys, I, he gave me a, a couple of scriptures and uh, Jeremiah 3.15, it says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And, uh, you know, you really do have such a heart for, for God's house. And I really feel that the, these two scriptures... Um, you know, that God was highlighting as Isaiah 58, 11, and the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your souls in drought and make fat your bones and you shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they shall be of thee, shall build the old waste places. I really believe that God is going to use you to rebuild generations, families, 
families that are torn apart. I see a supernatural grace for you guys to see a restoration of marriage and families um, and even generations in this place and out of this place. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, yeah. the restorer of paths to dwell in. And God just highlighted that so strongly. And I, I really believe that that is such a supernatural grace. When people come into this place, even though things are in a shambles with their families and marriages, I believe as they step into this house that things are going to move and things are going to be restored and generations are going to be put back together. And God would just say, I am with you. He just said, you know, he's so excited for this day. He's so excited you've been found so faithful. And God just says, well done, good and faithful yeah. servants. And He is with you. He is with yeah. you in this house. And I see exponential growth in so many different areas. Um, you know, God is so excited for this day. So well done, guys. We love you so much. And we're behind you. We support you. We love you. Um, and yeah, it's a wonderful day. Hallelujah. All right, let's give Jesus some praise. Thank you, Lord. Um, elders, if you've got... A word for Alex and Jess, um, I'm sure you have. Please feel free to give that to them or anybody else who's got a prophetic word for them. I just want to um, move into the next stage because I really want to hear from these guys personally before, uh, before the service finishes. So, All right. You guys doing okay? Jesus. Sorry. This is not running the to plan right now. I'm gonna have to gonna have to wing it. Oh sorry, I got it, I got it, I got it. Ah. And let me check something. When you say the person next to you, this is taking a while. <laughs> Trying to help you with the fruits of the Spirit, you see? Some of you need patience. All right, here we go. So, Alex, yep. a couple of questions. I want to hear from both you and Jess, and we do. Uh, what do you believe God wants for Fire Church this year? Yeah, beautiful. Um, I think I've been enough on here just the last couple of weeks for you guys to hear my background and past. But before I answer that question, for those of you who don't know me from Bar of Soap, never seen me before, 
we're just so honored and privileged to be able to do this role, to be called by God, which I sense from a very long time ago, but never really had the confidence, the skill, or the ability. And so in some ways, really just didn't want anything to do with it. But praise God that the small yeses that I've said to him, in the menial, mundane things, that God has been able to see me faithful in those things, from a car park attendant to an usher to cafe leader. We were previously young adult pastors, young family pastors in our other church, housewife group leaders, and, and a whole bunch of other things. But I, re- I really sense I'm in a season now where I, I just so know that God is before us, that he's set the way. So what do I believe that God has called for our church this year? And I've been praying about it quite a bit. And I, I just do sense, I've, I've shared it with, with Dan and Charles and, and the staff and our leaders on the Tuesday meeting as well, that he wants to strengthen our nets before the next great harvest comes in our house, in this church, for us to be able to sustain that growth and see many more come to the Lord. He really wants the, the nets of our house strengthened so that when people come in here, they know they'll be cared for, they know they'll be discipled, because who knows, disciples make disciples. And it's actually twofold. And I was a little bit confused until praise and worship this morning because as I was praying about this year, God said also the flow and effects of us strengthening our nets is that, as it says in Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out their curtains of their dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your Stakes. There's a strengthening that happens when we enlarge, when we grow. Because who knows we're not going to be in this building forever. And then you shall expand to the right and to the left. And as Chelsea mentioned, your descendants will inherit the nations. So I, I thought it's a little bit clunky to traditionally talk about two focuses, but it's a bit of a flow and effect. But God reminded me in worship this morning that what I've been, re- been part of recently, in close to the last three years in my previous company that I work for, wasn't just coaching, although that was my title, senior performance coach, but we had a lot of work to do with transformation and transforming the business that I was part of, where we had the lowest advocacy scores in our industry, highest number of complaints to the ombudsman, but we worked hard to turn that around. We had the least amount of complaints to the ombudsman, and we were the highest in our industry for our advocacy scores. On top of that, we're performing the best that we have been for a long time. It became market leader in the business that I was part of as well. But it all comes through not just one leader, not one person, not even one small group, but through everyone getting their hands involved and being part of the transformation journey and the growth journey in their own personal lives, but us as a wider body of Christ as well. That I know that God has a plan and call for everyone here. And so I'll just encourage everyone to jump on board. We're going to go through so many changes and growth so that we're ready to enlarge the place of our tent. So I honestly feel that this year God wants to really strengthen all that we do in our teams, in our pastoral care, in our evangelism, in our different communities. Praise God. We've got a, a beautiful powerhouse couple in, in Zach and Jay that we're going to launch our Young Adults Ministries again. Tebow with the men's group. We're going to have a women's group firing up again. A business community, which Dan's going to talk about next week. But so many different communities where you can really feel like you are part of this great move of God. So that's uh, in a nutshell. Praise God. I love that year of strengthening the cords. I felt like it was going to be a real year of regrouping as well. And, uh, And so, mate, 
I love the fact that you have, you've identified that your role in the, in the secular field as you were leading, um, you were a team manager in that company in multiple states and overseeing different areas in that company and, and you, you noted that you felt that that was going to be training ground for future ministry. And so we're really grateful that, uh, that you've you know, really stayed in that place and God's been able to grow you and teach you as, as well as both of you being really faithful in, in previous church work that you've been doing and faith and I think in, you're involved in Planet Shakers for a number of years as well. So on all of those things coming together for such a time as this. So um, practically, what can we expect? What are just some of the sort of key things that we can expect as, uh, as a church or as a team, some of the changes? Definitely. I'll be very quick because I want to give Jess some time as well. Um, but on the Saturday 23rd, we're going to go on a team offsite, a staff and leaders day offsite. We're really just going to explore this idea of strengthening our nets. What does that mean for us as a um, group of leaders for our teams in this um, body? But we're really going to flesh that out and, and look at it in detail and pray about it and see what God, God's blueprint. Because there's so many different ideas that we have that from the past, but we're conscious that Today's a new season, and God may want to use those things, but God may also have something brand new as well. So we really want to be open to the Holy Spirit for that. That's awesome. Praise God. Sounds good. All right, we're going to hear from Jess now. I just think that it's great that you guys are a husband and wife team doing this together as well, and uh, we're really believing that uh, God's going to be strengthening marriages and families this year too. I know they both have a, a strong call for business as well, so we really feel like there's going to be an area for business people to really be able to grow this year as well, supernatural business, and uh, so we look forward to hearing about it. That's probably going to be the second half of the year we're going to see uh, supernatural business la launched as well. So Jess, uh, many people know Jess. She's been serving in the house for uh, nearly close to two years now, currently uh, overseeing our children's ministry, and you've done a great job with that. But uh, I just want to ask a couple of questions to you as well. All right, firstly, uh, maybe for people that don't know, when did you know you were called to the ministry? Yeah, so uh, a, big, a big question that might need, you know, an hour or so to answer fully, but to give you the short version. Um, some of you maybe only know that, oh yeah, that's Jess, or you kind of know my face, but you don't know much about me potentially. And so to backfill you in a little bit, um, my journey uh, in with God and, and being a disciple of Jesus and, and how that has outworked into getting to this place today is just blows my mind, to be honest. But um, if I'm really, really honest and real with you today, I loved Jesus for a long, long time, but didn't really feel that I fitted into the mold of church life. And some of you might resonate with that. Um, but I kind of, in a lot of areas of my life, I didn't go through anything traumatic, didn't have any bad church experiences growing up. Um, and I knew church was a good place, but I felt like a bit of a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Uh, and for whatever reason, I sort of carried that around, and, and God really took me on a journey uh, and really taught me uh, that this thing that we do is his plan and his design, and even in its flaws, it's his plan still today in 2019 that we would gather together in this formal way uh, and, and really have a community together. So it took me a while to get to that place of even just really believing and fully understanding that I belong 
not to, just to Jesus, but to in, in this setting. Uh, and so once I got there in my early 20s, then it was like, boom, God was like, all right, quit your uni course, which had nothing to do with ministry, and go to Bible college. And so that's not for everyone. Um, some, you know, it, it's, a, it's a positive thing to do, but um, it was a big deal for me. And, and I still didn't really believe, though, that that was part of the journey of getting me to this place, uh, to be doing ministry, you know, as, as a career, I suppose you'd say. It wasn't my first uh, career choice, but it was God's plan. And, and, you know, what I will say is to get to this point for me personally, it took a lot of me saying yes to things that I had no idea why I was saying yes or what God was going to do with that. And so I would encourage you today um, to, if, if you can, if you can commit to opportunities that come up, say yes. Say those yes, because in those yes moments in my life, they're pinnacle moments where I can now go back and go, that's what God was doing to teach me. That, that person that I met on that team or that thing that I was doing with that group of people, they actually became mentors in my life. Um, they got me, they, you know, they took me to that, that next step and they helped me understand God and, and just so many, things, so, so many things more. And so it's, it's not a here I am. Uh, it's many things that got me to this point and I'm just so, so privileged and so honoured to be in this seat today and, and, and to be doing this with my husband as well, just incredible. So um, we can chat later if you want the full story, but <laughs> that's the short version. Very good. Thanks, Jess. All right. Uh, so, Jess, final question. What has God laid on your heart for Fire Church? Yeah, so thinking about, uh, I use that analogy about myself, my own story, about feeling like a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. You might, might imagine right now um, one of those for probably parents will know what I'm talking about, those Tupperware shapos, and they've got all different shapes, and you put the yellow shapes inside, and you pull it apart, and you do it all over again. So imagine that, that you are some shape that God designed. If you're in here right now, you might be the triangle, you might be the hexagon, there's a few in there that we don't really know the names of. You are not meant to, what God really showed me over a course of time is that you are not meant to be trying to fit into one of the other holes. It's not going to happen. You know, we teach toddlers, well, that one goes in there. And um, you're also not meant to be a, a little yellow shape miles away from the red and blue container that you fit into. There is a place for you. And so why I bring that up is because I really feel that God wants to use me and us together in this place um, to really practically help you some of those square pegs out there that know what I'm talking about, to really not just be told that you belong here and fit in here, but to really help you um, find your place and to feel like you can participate here, like you are an active part of this church family, of this body. And um, some of you are already there and you're going, yes, let's go to the next level. Some of you feel like, yeah, I, I, I'm loving what you're hearing and I, and I want a bit of guidance in, in what my next step is. And so I feel like that will be a big part of our role and, and we want you to know that we love you, that you belong here. We're a very eclectic bunch of people if you look around and I think that's a, a really healthy sign of, of a great church that loves Jesus when we're all a little bit 
bit different, but we've got uh, one mission together. Amen? Amen. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited about this year. Praise God. All right. Well, I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet. And Alex and Jess, I want to invite you to pray over our family this morning and, uh, and bless them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to open up the altar call. And I'm going to ask Jess and Alex to personally pray for people. So if you need any uh, ministry this morning, maybe uh, you need a miracle in your life. We, we are seeing healings happening all the time on the streets, during the services. And so no matter what it is, if you need healing for anything, feel free to come forward. If you need prayer, uh, maybe what Alex and Jess have been talking about, maybe you feel there's a stirring in your heart, you want to be feel more connected. It's an opportunity for you to be able to meet them personally uh, in, in this next time as we open up the altar. But before we do that, Jess and Alex, I just want to invite you just to pray over the congregation right now. Yes, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord, for this group of people in this place, Lord, that you have made a way for them to come into this house, to call Fire Church home, God, that first and foremost that their home is with you, God. Their home is in your house, God, not this building, not Seaford, not any other place, God, any, any other geographical place, but first and foremost that you have called them home. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we know, God, that that is just the beginning, that this earthly life for each person in this place, God, young and old, or somewhere in the middle, that there is a call on their life, that there is a purpose for them, God, and that today that they would even get a little a bit more of a glimpse of that, Jesus, your Holy Spirit would help them understand what is it for me, God, what is it that you want me to do in these years that I have on this earth? God, help us, God, as leaders, as a church community, that we would get behind each other, that we would propel each other into our own destiny, God, that we would not be jealous, that we would not wish for something else, for somebody else's lane, God, but we would get in our own lanes, God. I really, really feel that church today, and I know we've we've touched on that in some of our messages and some of our discussions this year, but I really, really feel that specifically for some of you have who have felt out of place, that this year you will feel in your place, you will know that God has called you for such a time, a time as this, for the, the lane that you are in. Do not run away from it. Do not run away from it, church. God would say to you this morning, do not run away. I have called you. I have made you the shape that you are. There is a place for you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your blessings, God. We thank you. God, we don't take this lightly today, this day, and we don't take this role lightly. We thank you that you would put us in this place. Help us to be the best servants and the best leaders to this house, God. Thank you for these beautiful people that we get to do life with. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. So uh, Chelsea and I are still overseeing the, the ministry, the campuses. We'll be working with the other three campuses. For those that don't know, there's another th uh, three campuses and also continuing with our uh, itinerant work uh, nationally and internationally as well. But we're still here and we're still, we're really excited. We're, it's kind of like a captain coach of a footy ground. We're in the coach's box, but these guys are on the ground as captains here in this house serving you guys and making sure that this house is really healthy and we go to that next level. So we're really grateful for uh, saying yes to Jesus and yes to the call. 
and uh, I'm sure everybody else is uh, really grateful as well. So let's give these guys one more round of applause. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.